Hello, friends, and welcome to Life is Hard, God is Good podcast, and Merry Christmas. I hope you're having wonderful holiday time with your family and friends. Thanks for tuning in as we finish up this series about who Jesus is. We're doing this based off C.S. Lewis's argument in his book, Mere Christianity, where he says that Jesus claiming to be both man and God made him either a liar, a lunatic, a legend, or Lord. We also threw in Santa Claus because it is the Christmas season. This is such a great way to learn more about why we put our faith in him and being able to explain that to people who ask us about the hope that we have. It's great for conversations with family members, with co-workers, friends, as there's lots of holiday get-togethers and just wondering why we celebrate Christmas. Why do we celebrate the birth of Jesus? What's the big deal? Well, it's a very big deal. And we've gone through the others. We know that Jesus is not Santa Claus. He's not a liar. He's not a lunatic. And he's not just a legend. In fact, he is Lord, which is what we are getting into today. We're going to start by reading through Philippians 2, 5 through 11. It says, In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. So this passage talks about how Jesus humbled himself to become a human, and he took our place to die for our sins so that we could experience the joy and the hope and eternal life with him. And then God exalted him. And so he's at the highest place. He has the highest name. And someday every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that he is in fact Lord. But some people don't think that Jesus is Lord But also some people just don't want Jesus to be Lord. There's a difference there. Some people can acknowledge the facts. Some people can see the evidence, but they don't want Jesus to be their Lord. And there's some people who don't think that Jesus is Lord because of they haven't seen the facts for it or the evidence. So there's different reasons. A few reasons we're going to get into today. Um, Just three things. One, some people don't want someone telling them what is right and wrong. They want to decide for themselves, this is right, this is wrong. It's my life. I'm going to do what I want with my life. Number two, they want to be on the throne. They want to be the deciders of their own fate. They want to be the ones in control. They want to have all the decision-making power. They want their life to be their own. And number three, they want a God who does not allow bad things to happen. Some people don't understand that we have a good God and yet bad things happen in this world. Bad things happen in this life. How can God be good? So let's dive into that. So Jesus is indeed the Lord of our lives. It's just whether or not we acknowledge that. 
So, first of all, he is the measure of what is right and wrong because he alone is perfectly just. He is perfectly holy. He sets what is good and what is bad, and he makes that clear in his word. He's made it clear since the Old Testament, and we have fallen short of that. These precepts that he gives us, these commandments, all these things, they teach us wisdom. When he made the world, he wove it together with wisdom. So knowing his ways, and we know his ways are higher than our ways, his thoughts and our thoughts. Knowing his ways is knowing how the world works in the eyes of the creator, not in the finite eyes of us humans who see our own perspective and nothing else. He is the plumb line. He is what decides what is right and wrong because he is just. He will judge in the end. And we know that when we don't follow him, it does not go well. There has never been a time in history when humans decided to go their own way apart from God and it ended well. In the end, we will be judged. If you are saved by Jesus, you are covered by his blood thanks to his sacrifice because we cannot do that on our own. Once you mess up, that's it. You cannot do something to make up for that. You can do good things, which is good, but that doesn't take away the fact that you've messed up. That's why we have Jesus. That's why we have grace. He covers us. He forgives us. But if you have not accepted that, if you have not taken his forgiveness and you have not made him your Lord, but decide for yourself what is right and wrong, someday you will still bow to him and someday you will be judged. Those who have not followed him will be condemned. Some people want to decide for themselves what is right and wrong. But really, our creator knows what's best for us because he made us. Our bodies are really a gift. Our life is a gift. It's not something that you're entitled to. You're not entitled to the lungs that you have in your body. You're not entitled to getting to see. You don't, you're not entitled to the vision that you have. You're not entitled to the hands and the feet that are on your body. Those are gifts. Every moment that you have in this life is a gift. And when we realize that, when we realize that everything is a gift given to us from God, then we want to follow his ways. We want to thank him for what he's given us instead of trying to figure it out on our own because that just does not go well. This body is not our own. In the same way, some people want to be on the throne of their own lives, but really Jesus is the king. We need to let him be on the throne because he knows best. And in Psalm 24, 1, it says, The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. Right now, Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the throne of God in heaven. He is interceding on our behalf. He is our advocate. He is just in his rule and reign. We, as rulers, don't cut it. We've seen many political leaders who a lot of people will put a lot of hope in, and they always fall short. Because we are human beings. There's never going to be a leader who matches up to all of our standards. Only Jesus is just and perfect in his rule. We also know that he is Lord because God made him Lord. In Acts 10, 36, there's a message given to the Gentiles about Jesus. And it says, You know the message God sent to the people of Israel, announcing the good news of peace through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. And countless times in the New Testament, we see that the phrase like our Lord Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ, our Lord. He's not just like 
somebody that we can chat with. He is. He is our friend and he loves us. But he is also our Lord. He is above us. And third, some people want a God who does not allow bad things to happen. But the truth is, it is God's goodness that allows evil to exist. That sounds very strange, but it is God's goodness that allows evil to exist. How? God gives us the choice. Real love is choosing, not being a robot. God could have made us to be robots. God could have made us to be puppets to do his will perfectly and always choose the right way. But instead, he gave us free will to choose his way or our own way. Most of the time, we choose our own way. But when we choose his way, it is so, so good. But when we don't choose his way, obviously things go crazy. And that is why evil exists in the world. He is so good that he gives us the choice. He doesn't force us to do anything. He allows us to make mistakes. And when we make those mistakes, either directly or indirectly, terrible things happen in this world. And we see the consequences of that on a daily basis, on an hourly basis. This world is full of hardships and troubles. And it is because of us. God tells us the way to live and we don't choose it. Evil exists directly and indirectly from our sin and choosing for ourselves what is right and wrong instead of following the ways that God says. Some things that help us to understand these things about God, that he is the measure of right and wrong, that he is the king and the Lord of our lives, that his goodness allows evil to exist. It's helpful to know that he is holy. If someone else was in charge and they were not holy, it would be a very different story. God is uniquely good and set apart and perfect. He is morally flawless. He has never lied. He has never stolen, never cheated. Everything about God is true and pure and good. And that is what makes him worthy. He is a worthy Lord and Savior. He is also the creator. That's something that's important for us to remember again, that everything that we have is a gift from him. We didn't make anything. Your abilities, your gifts, your your intelligence, your creativity, it is all from him. He is Lord of heaven and earth because he made heaven and earth. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And he is sovereign. He rules over heaven and earth and he sustains the earth. He did not just like toss the earth out into motion and hope that it turns out well. He gives us the choice. That is true. But he's still working in our lives. He's still speaking to us through his word, through the Holy Spirit within us, through the rising of the sun every day and the changing of the seasons, through the way that the plants blow in the breeze. He is showing up and speaking in our lives every day. He is sovereign, almighty, holy, creator. These help us as we wrestle with him being Lord of our lives instead of just like some guy that we probably should try to impress so we can make our way to heaven. The truth is, his love is so good. 
And sometimes it's terrifying because like the closer you get to God, the more he changes you. Sometimes we don't want that change. We don't want to be different. We want to stick in our own ways. But his love transforms our minds and our hearts in the way that we live our lives. He loves us as we are and not as we should be because none of us are as we should be. But he does not leave us that way because he loves us so much, he transforms us into his likeness. In 2 Corinthians 3 verse 18, it says, And we all with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. We want someone who will just let us do whatever we want. And the truth is God does allow us to chase our desires and to make the decisions for ourselves and also for the desires to consume us. He allows that to happen. He does not force anything on us. And that's why it is the best when we choose his ways. One of my favorite verses as a kid was Psalm 37, 4. Take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. I just thought it was like really pretty sounding. And then I actually learned what it meant that it's not just like, oh, when you find joy in God, then he gives you everything you want, which is kind of what I thought, I think, as a kid. But really, this is the verse again. Take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. What I learned is as you continue to delight in God and find your joy and satisfaction in him, then the things that he desires become your desires. You desire those around you to be loved. You desire goodness. You desire restoration and forgiveness and compassion. Those become a part of your heart. And because God is in control of the world, the desires of your heart are satisfied and fulfilled because God's way is always the best and his word will always be accomplished. So when you delight in him, you find your joy and satisfaction in him. The desires of your heart will be the same as the desires of his heart. And so you will see the fulfillment of those. He instructs us in the best way. There's so many options out in the world, but he shows us this is the best way. This is the way to live life to the fullest in abundance so that the desires that consume us are beneficial to us. That's really what always happens. We have these desires. We desire to be good at our job. We desire to have a relationship. We desire to be successful. We desire to become a better artist. And the more that we desire something, the more that it consumes our life. We will work super hard to do well at our job. We will spend countless hours talking with someone to build a relationship with them. We will spend so much time with our craft in order to, to increase our creativity and our skill and our art form. The desires that we have consume us. So when he is instructing us the best way to go... It's so that the desires that we have, the desires that consume us, are actually beneficial to us. When we have desires like loving him and loving others, when we have the desire to forgive and to have compassion on people, to be merciful and to find justice, those things also can consume us and they are beneficial to us. God has our best interest at heart, both now in the present time here on earth 
and also for eternity. One day he will judge us and we want to be on the same side as him. In John 3, verses 16 through 18, it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. So God sent Jesus to save us. But if we don't believe in him, then we will be condemned or already stand condemned because we haven't believed in the name of God's one and only son. So it's important for us to believe that Jesus is the Lord of our lives and not just believe that he exists. In James 2.19, it says, you believe that there is one God? Good. Even the demons believe that and shudder. So just believing that God exists doesn't mean that you're going to be saved. In John 1 verse 12, it says, Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. We become God's children when we believe and receive. We believe that he exists, that he came and died for our sins, and he rose again on the third day, and we receive that forgiveness, and we receive that love and that mercy and grace he has given us. How do we do that? We talk to him. We love him and love others. Because it's important for our heart to be in it. We can't just say it empty. You have to really mean it. One of the most terrifying verses is Matthew 7, 21. It says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. So we can see the fruit of the change in our life. If we believe and we receive, then we become children of God. And that's not just something that is like an outward, oh, I can put a name tag on that says child of God. It's an inward change. It's from the heart. He gives you a new heart and a new spirit. He removes your heart of stone and gives you a heart of flesh. And because of that, it's not just words coming out of your mouth saying, Lord, but it's truly a heart transformation. And out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. We say things that show the transformation that we have in our life. We show the fruit of the Spirit. We show love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Faith and deeds go hand in hand. Like if you have faith in him, then out of the overflow of that, you will do good things because you desire to please him. That's in, in James 2 and other places in the New Testament. And Jesus says in John 14, 15, if you love me, keep my commands. So loving him is obedience, but our obedience does not save us. That's important. It is only by grace that we are saved. We believe and we receive. And he knows our hearts. That's the thing. Man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Do you believe that he is Lord That he's not like Santa Claus where he's checking the list to see if you've been naughty or nice and then gives you gifts accordingly and you just see him like once a year? Do you believe that Jesus is not a liar, but instead he is the source of truth? Do you believe that Jesus is not a lunatic, but instead through him we find wisdom, understanding, and knowledge? 
Do you believe that Jesus is not just a legend, but that he really existed, that he really came to this earth, died on the cross for our sins, and rose again on the third day? Do you believe that he is the Lord of your life, that this life that you have is truly a gift from him, and that we can use it as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to him? And if you've already accepted him, are you living that out? Are you just claiming the name so that on the outside it looks good? Or are you really pressing in to make sure that the desires of your heart are aligned with the desires of the Lord? Jesus is Lord. Sometimes we like to have control over our own lives, but when we realize his love for us and the ways that he has for us are best for our lives so that we can experience life in abundance, then we should be running after him and his ways. Thanks for listening today to the Life is Hard, God is Good podcast. This is the last episode of the Advent series. Thank you for being part of my 2022. And I just pray that this continues to be a source of truth and encouragement in the year 2023. Have a great week. May the Lord bless you and keep you.